0: Buddy, and welcome to another episode of The Roost Podcast. As always, I am Carter Spires, here with my co-host Matthew Bartlett, the director and managing editor of The Roost, your premier source for rice sports news and analysis. The Roost is part of the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Republic of Football Podcast Network. Well, I think, on the whole, you come out of that one feeling about as good as you could have reasonably expected to feel like maybe you feel a little worse about the offense than you did coming in and you feel better about the defense, but like as far as the optimistic yet reasonable case for the outcome of this game, I feel like overall you landed somewhere in that area, right? Yes.
1: I I think unequivocally, I think it's a tale of two sides of the football, which we're definitely going to get into, but I also kind of want to preface this just off the top when these two teams played, I guess it would have been 2021. I believe it was 44 to nothing at halftime. I think that's right. It was something close to
0: that. Sounds about right.
1: Yeah. And this Texas team that Rice played on Saturday is, I don't, significantly better than that 2021 team. I'm, I'm willing to go that far.
0: I don't yeah, know. If it's... We, yeah, we'll <laughs> see. But I think that is a reasonable assumption at this point.
1: Yeah. So Rice halved halved the deficit. Was it 58 to nothing was the final score last time around, I believe? Uh, So they halved the deficit against a team that we think is much better than they were two years ago. So framing it that way, yeah, I mean, this is, you know, Rice podcast. Can we do the math that twice as good as, you know, extrapolated out? I I think. (laughs) I mean, all jokes aside, I, I think the the performance that they put together, uh, there's some nuance here that we got to talk through. But I leave this – first off, I, everybody's healthy uh, for the most part. I don't think there's anybody that, uh, to my knowledge, that was able to go and participate in this game on Saturday that shouldn't be available to play this coming week against Houston. So that was objective one. And oh. two was objective of competing and looking like a functional college football team. And – I think we got there. Big
0: picture. Yeah. And we can say like, like the offense was not, I don't know. Do we want to start with the offense? And uh, we got to
1: start with the offense. Yeah. Cause I, I, I full disclosure, I pulled up the stats and I, 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 I was at the game. I was watching, I was following along, like praying for a third down conversion. So yeah. I, I saw how not exciting it was. Live, but I just pulled it up in front of me and yeah, we're both I saw, looking at the stats
0: fresh here so
1: yeah I saw 1.1 yards per carry and 176 total yards and that that actually feels worse than how I felt the offense actually was on Saturday or maybe 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 that's not it. Maybe the offense was that bad on Saturday, but we're kind of talking big picture and looking ahead how I feel like there's reason for optimism in there because of the the differences in what they saw on Saturday and what they're going to see going forward. Because uh, friends, let me tell you, uh, uh, 93 on the Texas defensive line, uh, sweat. Uh, My gosh he was insane they had three or four guys up front that i'm sorry i don't know what who rice was going to put to block to make any difference because that without we can't talk about the offense in this game without talking about the fact that jt daniels was getting pressure up the middle so he could not step up all game and he was getting pressure on the edges so he couldn't escape out to the outside for basically the entire game. And you add those two three two things together. and I don't know what what else could the offense have accomplished in this game that they like they scored a touchdown like honestly, yeah. that kind of felt like overachieving based on the pressure that they got
0: like and and we texted a bit during the game, and I was a bit down on. JT's side of this, like during the game. And I think there are some like fair, like the the main thing for me was that I was, it was sort of disappointing, especially the second interception, uh, which was just a horrible decision. Um, Like he was getting pressure all the time, which understandable. It wasn't, it was understandable that he wasn't great, but you would have liked to see a guy that has been around the block as much as he has maybe handle that pressure a little better but you know like in retrospect like one you think about like you know there are times when tom brady got you know a bunch of pressure up the middle (laughs) and it looked like he was seeing ghosts all night so if we can if we can get over it for tom we can probably get over it for jt so there are some ones he'd like to have back for sure like i don't know a couple of ones he could have had that he didn't but on the whole there just is not a lot he or, say, the running backs really could have done in this situation.
1: Yeah, and I'll add on that to the interceptions because I think I think I might have seen him throw two interceptions maybe combined in the entirety of fall camp. So this is not a man who's thrown too many interceptions that I've seen. But I asked him about it. I said, walk me through both of those after the game. And the first one, I went back and watched it. He tried to, like, put a laser up the seam and throw it through a couple guys, which, honestly, given how things were going at that point and the pressure he'd faced and his arm, I'm cool with him making that shot. He said, I want to look at the film on that one and see, but uh, the linebacker, uh, Jalen Ford, who made the pick, just made it a heck of a play. I can live with it. The second one that you're talking about, and he he said as much right after the game, he said, that's on me. You can't throw that that ball that late. I should have known better. I shouldn't have thrown it. Or I should have thrown it sooner. So he was well aware. Like it was it was at least refreshing to hear from his point of view. Is like, here's the mistake I made and here's here's how I fix it. And I I kind of have some faith that he'll fix it. But yeah, I think for the most part, watching this game, it was I can't remember another time in I'm just thinking like the Bloomgren era where I've seen an the rice offensive line gets so beat up front at the point of attack to where the offense couldn't do anything. And I, you know, there was a lot of, I saw some, some grumblings online of like, man, we've been praising JT Daniels and waiting for the golden boy to come and we get this. No, thanks. And I'm, if I'm divvying up responsibility, I'm putting JT didn't play a perfect game. Yeah. Yeah. I'll agree that second interception in particular, you can't do that. But I am putting the weight on the protection issues massively. And yeah, there was a little bit where JT can get better. But in the past, that distribution for one is something that I insert other random quarterback here. I don't think any other quarterback, you know, that Rice has put under center in the past five or six years is all of a sudden, oh, you put that guy in and all of a sudden it's better. Like, I don't think there was a quarterback solution to this game. So
0: yeah, I, I like, uh, like I was thinking during the day, like, if you would put a guy like, maybe not A.J. Paget, who is, granted, you know, more mobile than J.T. is, but it's not like a speed guy. Like, he can run, but he's, you know, he's a big dude. He's not necessarily somebody that you're going to, you know, that's like super fleet of foot. If you had, like, I, I thought about this during the game. If you had... um I've just gone. TJ McMahon um, playing this game instead. I think Rice gets more points and yards, and I think he probably throws three or four interceptions instead of two. At least one that gets returned as uh, gets returned okay. for a touchdown. So I think with a more like high variant, more athletic, maybe more high variance quarterback, which Rice has certainly had, uh, you could have maybe like had more production from the offense but you would not have one it's not going to be I I still have a lot of faith in the design of this offense and JT being the trigger guy going forward and two like it, it would have just required like a junk game plan essentially like a whole lot of rollouts a whole lot of like things that are not necessarily sustainable that would not have been like that maybe get you a few more productive drives, but that Texas is probably going to sniff out and shut down after a little bit. So.
1: Yeah. Like maybe there are things
0: you could have done to get a little bit more, but it would not have been like sustainable or. It would have been like much higher risk type stuff. So at the end of the day, like I I, I don't. I, I would not be using this as an opportunity to like call for a different quarterback.
1: Yeah, like if if we're there, pump the brakes, man, because we got a long season ahead and I'm and I'm cool. Like with where Rice is, I don't like this is a team that their aspiration, they want to contend for a conference championship. That's what they've said. And, And JT said after the game, man, it sucks. You want you were grateful to have this opportunity. It really stinks that it went this way. But at the end of the day, it doesn't destroy any of the aspirations that this team has. And I think when you, you, when you design this offense, you build this offense to build it, to overcome the Texas front. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I, I have more faith that this is an offense that will work over the long run, over the course of conference play and against a Houston team that they had success against this Houston defense that I think might be worse. I mean, we're not gonna get too far into that, but a comparable Houston defense they had success with last year against a quarterback that threw a lot more interceptions than we're ex- anticipating. So, you know, I think they could not run the football. Like, period. Uh, Dean Connor's averaged two point nine yards per carry. Per carry, Juma had six carries for one yard.
0: <sighs> Jeez,
1: which is not great. They put McCaffrey in twice for like a direct snap, and it just it did. It went
0: nowhere out. either time. Yeah. Which
1: I mean, I don't know. It's literally nobody had a good job or a good day running the football. It 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 was tough unless you're talking like a Braylon Walker jet well, I guess they had a that got technically classified as a reception.
0: Yeah. He the um according to the box score, Rice's longest run for the day was six yards.
1: Yeah. That would Kobe Campbell, I think, on a some sort yeah, of. Yeah, which they equivalent.
0: have uh, in the box score uh, that listed as being Trashawn Devones, who had a good game, but uh, was not.
1: It uh, did not play two ways.
0: I just because yeah. Kobe Kobe was wearing number two in that game, which I yeah, think on the so, roster, he's listed as six still. So that's, I think, uh, I'm I not going to put that one on the He might ESPN. be listed
1: as one, but he and Sean Fresh both play teams. So Kobe had to change from one to two. So that there weren't two ones. Hmm. Somebody got flagged this weekend for having two numbers. Yeah, on I saw that. I'm trying to remember who that was, but yeah, you don't want to do that. So kudos on the Rice uniform crew for not adding that to the list of woes. So yeah, uh, TBD on offense. There's not really a lot more yeah. to say. I I will note this: Bowden growing led the team in receptions yep. or receptions. So banging that drum for him being a key part of this offense. And I saw on multiple occasions where second down Jack Bradley's on the field, third down Bradley's out and Bowden's in. And yeah, I'm thinking we could see a lot of that sort of usage. He is, he's <clears throat> become a target down the middle, like up the seam. I think Bowden might've been the guy who was the intended recipient of the first interception. So I, he's going to be big uh, I think it was notable, and so I talked to, to Bloomgren about this afterwards, but in years past, the the circle of trust in the receiver room has been like, I don't know what, three Very guys, small. maybe four. Like Kobe Campbell was like that fourth guy a couple times, and I was kind of did a running count. I think Rice emptied their receiver room by drive three. Like yeah. everybody had basically been on the field. Uh, a part of that reason uh, was uh, Matt Sykes got, um, got, I guess, nicked up at the very end of the week, was able to practice a little bit, uh, but was ended up being a game-time decision no-go on Saturday, which, which came as a surprise. So you have him not available, and then your other starter, Landon Ransom, uh, I think he gets two targets, but he is, I guess, not as... <laughs> Built up an experience and trusted in the offense, maybe? I don't know. I was kind of bummed to see him not get super involved in the game. But, I mean, JT completed 14 passes in this game. So, there. honestly, there weren't that many opportunities. So, they kind of cycled through everybody. I thought Giovanni had, like, an incredible grab.
0: That was a really great catch, yeah.
1: On a play where JT, again, had to, like, escape pressure up the middle, roll, beat a defensive end to the edge, and still make a a perfect throw to the sideline, which he did. That was great.
0: Yeah, but like that, there were if you if you want to draw like JT did have a couple balls like that one. Um, I think his like first completion to Luke McCaffrey was the one where it was just like it's like a seven yard seven yard catch, but like the DB was all over him and and JT just sort of put it in a place where Luke could turn back and it dropped right into his arms and uh not a lot of rice quarterbacks over the last several years would have made that throw in that place um so there were a few like that that were just like yeah this guy has a bit of a different skill set than we've seen so ultimately like i think the operative question coming out of this game for the offense is do is do you feel like the poor performance of the offensive line here says more about them or about the quality of opponent they were playing and my answer is like obviously we can't say for sure yet but my answer is probably on the cautiously optimistic side of just saying not only was this just a general talent gap game which it obviously was but the biggest mismatch on the field in terms of talent was the texas defensive line versus the rice offensive line like that is by far like nowhere in the same galaxy will they play a team with as much defensive line talent and size and speed as this one does. So, you know, without having gone back and graded the tape or anything like that and said like, Oh, you know, there were a bunch of plays where they just busted or whatever. Then I feel like that said more about how good the Texas defensive line was than about the rice offensive line being bad. So we'll see about that going forward, but if
1: i agree well and i'll just interject that it was it was specifically the interior and i think yeah. that's where the the entire crux of this is is the rice coaching staff for better or worse did not believe that they would be that overwhelmed on the interior and being wrong about that is what crumpled the entire offense and we can quibble about how what they could have done i'm not sure like they they literally like did had cover zero and just got to JT and ate him before he got to the back of his drop. Like, I don't. Whatever. Like Texas might be good. Question mark. And then also I was thinking about this. So remember the first scrimmage where of fall camp, where the rice offense got, I think like one touchdown and like was a shell of itself and disappeared. And then. One week later, I think JT, JT completed like eighty-five percent of his passes for four touchdowns and like two hundred and fifty yards. Like that Jekyll and Hyde isms, yeah. Like, and they did that against a Rice defense, which I think we we'll get to talk about the defense in a second. I'm pretty happy about. So yeah, I'm, I'm if what I don't is DefCon one or five? Like one is the worst. Five is the yeah, least I concern,
0: think, right? I think one is. I think the number—it's wor- a worse situation the lower you go. I believe so.
1: So I'm at during the game. I was still pretty cautious of like I don't know. I I'm I'm at the bottom. I'm not at. I have zero worries, but I'm pretty close to like. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not super concerned. I, I think they'll be just fine.
0: Yeah. If they, if they look like that versus. Houston in the Bayou bucket this weekend, then I think it'll be time to yeah, be we, like, we can something panic. is wrong here. Like, cause cause even, yeah, Houston is technically in the big 12, but like the talent gap keep, there is much, much smaller.
1: I keep so, forgetting that that would count as know, a right?
0: five win. Yeah.
1: Like that feels like
0: cheating. Yeah, that's hilarious. Like. Right. <laughs> but um, I'll take it. But if they're, if they're that bad again, or close to that bad, then, yeah, because, like, even if Houston is, has more talent than they do, like, the gap should not be that. Like, you should be able to be functional against a team like Houston. So, um, I mean, and that Houston team just pulled out a win against the, like, best team in your conference, so clearly they're kind of comparable to teams in this conference. So.
1: That was that was a weird game, man.
0: Very weird. Oh, um man. So, if it looks like that again, yeah. Like, go ahead and panic. I will be, too. But, for now, I am willing to write this one off and just say that, like, you can't operate you got, again. You when, when you're that overwhelmed on the front, you can't operate like that.
1: Yeah, I have no armchair quarterback solution for what could have been done better. Maybe to get squeeze out a couple more points, but, I mean, I don't know how you're getting getting past it. But I will say... The reason that part of this is a little bit, maybe we can be a little bit frustrated with the offense, is the fact that, man, this defense, I, throughout most of camp and the spring, was saying pretty loudly that I really felt good about the offense, and I had major concerns that the defense was going to be kind of subpar akin to last year and i don't know if i'm ready to say that i was wrong yet but i might have oversold my concerns because the rice defense came to play in austin and that i i interfaced and chatted interfaced what am i at like Businessy person, I don't yeah, know. I
0: know. A... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's a we're weird a way to say that. We're at a consulting <laughs> conference here.
1: <laughs> I chatted with a couple of the guys that uh, are on the Texas beat after the game, and I said, So tell me how things are going. And they were like, Everyone is mad, they want Quinn benched, they're ready to fire Sark. Everyone is mad, and I'm like, That means you did something right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. if you're Rice, right, and it was the defense, hands down.
0: Yeah, um, like looking at the box score fresh here, okay, and granted, Rice faced a lot more, had a lot more defensive snaps than Texas did. Texas ran a lot more plays on offense, but uh, Texas defense, two sacks, five tackles for loss. Rice defense, two sacks, eight tackles for loss. Ooh. Yeah. Um, Coleman Coco was as good as advertised, like the front, just like they were getting pressure with four consistently against a Texas offensive line. That was good last year. Like they started like one of the kind of stories of their season was last year was they started two freshman offensive tackles. Right. And both of those guys were really, really good. Like they gave up, they each gave up like two sacks all of last year. And, uh, at least one of them gave up a sack to rice this year in this game. Um, it was just yeah. like the way the the front and particularly just like the defensive line got after Texas and, and created havoc up front was just like really, really impressive. Yeah,
1: the Carroll is back like yeah. just watching yeah.
0: watching that game. This is it's 2020 to like... Carroll like he's he's he's, he's oh, all oops. the way back.
1: He was so good. He had so many plays where like just either got to, I don't know, he didn't get officially credited with the sack, but had so much where just like completely disrupted everything that Ewers wanted to do. He was really good. Uh Blake Banish had a couple plays where I was like, okay, that was really good. Josh Piercy And and they they wrote what what impressed me the most, I think, about the D-line. and And Rice, I talked about this a little bit. And my game, uh, you know, piece. But Rice was really intentional in this game about rotating a lot of guys more than they might normally have because of the heat. That was a, a big consideration is making yeah. sure guys just didn't get gassed. And I, I think they only might have had to treat a couple guys for heat related uh, fatigue. So that was good. But but yeah, they're they're cycling through like Chibi is out there and and Damone Green is out there and Mm -hmm. guys that and they held their own and they looked really good. Like Texas got some chunk plays, uh, particularly on the edges. But I mean, what did they I'm looking at? the. I mean, how
0: many of Texas great plays were just oh, man, Xavier Worthy is an absolute freak. Yeah, like they, I'm looking like at it, it, it was not a perfect performance. Like, they they missed some tackles. There were like, this wasn't like, oh man, they just played the game of their lot. Like, they played really, really well, but it wasn't perfect. But, uh,
1: you had you had the screen pass on that that drive in the first quarter that went for 37 yards by Brooks to the house. And you had right after right after a fumble, you had a 44 yard touchdown throw, bang, bang those were those are two plays where just the defense got caught sleeping, so those those are the those are the ones I kind of have issues with, but the rest of the game i mean you you allowed basically two sustained touchdown drives and you turned Texas away in the red zone multiple times. yeah, so th- they averaged four point one yards per carry, which. I mean, I guess that'll work, but it's not great. And there was a lot. You know, we talked about this offseason about Sean Fresh and his size. Jordan Dunbar did not go in this game. Uh, Sean Fresh leads the team with eight tackles, has a pass breakup, uh, goes man up with Xavier Worthy and looks pretty darn good. He didn't win all of them, but like. I was impressed.
0: He, he with won how, a few. And that was that was something like I, I was really impressed with his effort. So um,
1: but the I Texas like, receiving core just didn't like they won in space. They were able to get some good like scheme touches where for whatever they got, they beat the coverage. But when it yeah. was like man up one on one, I think there was the the short touchdown in the red zone. I think it was 80 Mitchell. Yep. Uh, that was a one on one. He just beat somebody and that'll that'll happen. But the rest of it. It was not like even like the secondary plate, I thought pretty well. And a lot of that, yeah. we got to give credit to the front four and the front seven for making it possible. But yeah, I I was pleasantly surprised with how this and then Sean Fresh went out for a little bit in this game to get treated. And it was, it was Lamont Narcisse and Treshawn Devones. you're on your corners three and four. And there was one that might, might might've been pass interference on, on uh, Narcisse, but it wasn't thrown. And I think he got credited with the breakup. So we'll go for it.
0: Yeah, it was just like Sark is generally, you know, considered to be one of the best play callers in the country. Um, and he's the guy who can very much scheme dudes open, um, and maybe had to do that a little bit more than Texas would have liked in this game, um, which says something, I think. Um, but they also, you know, you talked about the rotation earlier. Like they did that at linebacker too. Like I saw a DJ Arkansas in on the defense I think, a whole I bunch. Think they
1: played six linebackers in this game. Yeah, which bizarre.
0: Yeah, Andrew Ollie was out there. Uh, Chike had a fantastic game. Um,
1: she He might have had the hardest hit of the day by either side. Oh yeah, he had. I don't. It was third or fourth quarter. He laid somebody out like at the sticks. And I was just like, my goodness, you got the first down, but ow! I was. I didn't know how much he would actually see the field on defense, and he looked the part, man, when he was out there.
0: They looked, think, they looked deep at every defensive position.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, the, we talked about the line linebacker at corner. I I really don't want to get any deeper into the corner than so. we have so far. Uh, safety. I, that was one where, and I'm trying to think, I, I, th- I think there was maybe a player too where a safety got beat, but Young safeties held up pretty well. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about, yeah, two. Oh,
0: well, i imagine, two like, really I remember Gabe plays. Taylor missing a tackle. Um, I don't w- remember that's, any that's particularly bad plays from uh, like Marcus Williams or play Wyatt. I think
1: there was a couple, a couple tackles that could have been cleaner. I think, on, on the whole, I don't know if it was a a plus tackling day from the defense, I think it was pretty good. Yeah. Eight tackles for a loss. Jeez, I'll take that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, going into this game, you say you give up 37 points. I'm like, OK, but you got zero help from your offense.
0: Yeah, zero like this from felt, the offense. Minus this felt like 2019 turnover
1: margin. 2019 all over again, where just the defense is. All right, you just go out there and win it again. Yeah, we got nothing like, go Please. And yeah, like I thought, defense, I, gold stars. I feel, yeah. You you would have told me that <laughs> we're no Jordan Dunbar and Sean Fresh is going to miss probably a quarter of this game. I, I I I walked up to somebody that covers Texas in the press box and said we we're chatting about score predictions, and he said some. I think he said forty five or something for Texas, and I said I think that's going to be too low. And I was wrong. Yeah. And man, I've never been happier to be wrong. So, yeah. Offense, we feel decently enough. We'll see. The defense, my gosh. The Houston offense scored, what, 13 points against UTSA this weekend?
0: Uh, something like I, that. The final was like 17 yeah. to 14, right?
1: Yeah. Oh, there you go. I knew it was a. Yeah. So, there you go. Two touchdowns. I'm just saying, if you can get a. If you can remove the those busted big plays, which happens when you have some younger guys on the on the back end, like that's part yep. of it. So you can't just take those away. But big picture, yeah, this defense is looking a lot more feisty than I expected them to, and I think that bodes uh, really, really well.
0: Yeah, like if if the offensive performance there is mostly a function of the mismatch and talent in the trenches, which I think is very like, I think that is the most reasonable take to go with at this point. Then I think you probably feel like on the whole, if you're saying, if you have to say, do you feel more optimistic or less optimistic about this season based on this game? Then I think you say more optimistic because the, Offense was disappointing, but the bad things about it are explainable um in in ways that don't necessarily downgrade your projection for the offense for the going forward. And then if you are updating your priors at all on the defense, then it has to be in a positive way. So like on the whole, I feel pretty good.
1: And I buried the lead a little bit. We we have to talk about jumbo jumbo package and short yardage because I don't know. Bloomgren would probably be very upset with me. Not that this is this is yeah. <laughs> how, how things have to work, but like this is their thing, right? Their shtick, yeah. their bit. Like, we're going to win. We're going to be tough. So Rice stonewalls Texas on fourth and less than two twice mm-hmm. in this game, including the first. Like, t- Texas, there was nothing more deflating and satisfying than watching the Texas crowd just go like, wait, what just happened when Rice takes over on, like, Texas 31, like, a minute and a half into this game because Texas gets stopped in their own territory. That was the point where I was just like, okay, eyebrows raised, then they do it again later in the game, and we turn around, and when Rice goes jumbo, and, you know, remember, the defensive line basically ate the Rice offensive line lunch all day, but they go for it on fourth and, like, a yard and a half, and Dale and Alexander gets very close, like, it was close. I thought they were going to measure it. He didn't convert. Okay. That was the point where I was like, I don't know. But then they do it again later, and I don't remember what drive this was, third or fourth quarter, but they block it up right and Dalen Alexander gets like 5 yards. So you go 3 for 4 on winning short yardage against, you know, Texas. I I was pretty happy about that. I I kind of thought that okay. We're we're checking on the boxes that we need to, and then we didn't hit it yet. But we got to talk special teams a little bit too, because Connor Hunt, first off, have a day. The, the punting, <laughs> we're not at Jack Fox levels quite yet because Jack Fox might not be human. Side note: I don't know if you saw this, but they Jack Fox called into the team meeting this week to uh, put Connor Connor Hunt on scholarship.
0: I that, yeah. Oh yeah, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, so he got a call from Fox saying, "Hey, you're on scholarship now." That's which like, that's cool. And then he goes out. Follow
0: that up with five punts for uh, a 45 yard average with a long of 58.
1: The 58 yarder was downed at like the three. It was glorious. And then he had he had another punt that was like fair caught, like on the end line, like out of bounds. Like it was perfect for no return and he just had a couple really like last year uh, i don't know if i know there was nothing remarkable uh, about the kicking game like i don't think it was bad i don't think it was good it just kind of was and it was a great game from hunt so maybe jack just needs to call into the team meeting every week i don't know yeah but i was really and happy hey, about Tim that
0: horn drilled a 43 yarder on that first possession like that was a that was a good kick. Like, if you get it, if you get your field goal kicker consistently making them from like under forty-five, you're in really good shape.
1: Yeah, I, that coverage I thought was pretty good, and uh, the kick return I, they tried maybe one or two, maybe they shouldn't have. But I thought all on the whole, I'm I'm really encouraged by the special teams play. I it was, I mean, it was elite with Fox and under Limbo, and then it's just kind of been so-and-so like the past couple of years, it's been okay, but, but not something to write home about. And I thought it was really good in this game. So you have really good special teams play. You have really good defensive play and you have offensive play. That was bad, but, but kind of in a way that we've talked about where we're like, I don't think that's indicative of the season and you're not always going to get like two of three phases playing really, really well. Like just cause you did it once doesn't mean it's going to happen next week, but Man, if you can get two of three going against a team that, you know, I guess, I don't know what, they were a, a touchdown dog to Alabama. Is that what the line opened as? Yeah, it's, Any, a, anybody, it's, a
0: touch, it's seven, right? Or it opened at seven, I think.
1: Yeah, anybody who's within seven points as good, according to Vegas, as Alabama. I I don't know if that's a place where Rice has been in, in quite some time.
0: Yeah, no, it's again, well, we'll see how things go. But on the whole, I think the. The reasonable way to have this game sort of of update your projections for the season is is in an optimistic way. So and I I think that's about all you can ask for uh, coming out of a game like that. And uh, also, they're pretty healthy. Knock on wood. Yeah, like everybody's good to go. Like.
1: I asked JT afterwards. I said, "How do you feel right now?" He's like, "Okay," but he said it kind of like that. <laughs> so after taking, good golly, a beating. But yeah, yeah, everybody's healthy. I like you said. I mean, I don't know what if if another like fifty eight to nothing had happened, maybe we create we react to the downside and we said, "Man, I'm kind of concerned," or if they pull up an upset and they win this game, I think either of those extremes, you probably have to kind of recalibrate and say, I'm not sure what this means for the rest of the season, but anywhere in between, you kind of have to be at least steady state. And we both lean up on this. So I don't think I, this, you know, impacts it one way or another too significantly, but yeah, net net encouraged. I feel pretty good. I'm, I'm ready to. I'm. I kind of glad that the Houston game is this week, and they get another non-conference test. I guess a P five test. But mm. I'm. I'm sorry. I, I. I don't know how long it's going to take for it to stick. But, <laughs> and this isn't even like a like a rivalry like not no. not a boo boo thing. This is just like me not being able to keep up with the ever-growing changes of this
0: stupid sport yeah it's for me it's it's genuine shock every time i'm like oh yeah houston is now technically a power five team that i'm then i'm perfectly willing to spin that for myself and others as a like "Ah, (laughs) houston but like the initial reaction of like oh yes technically this is a power five team is is entirely genuine like i i legitimately forget every time
1: yeah so Go get yourself a a Power 5 win. That would be fun. I'd be for that. And then, yeah. yeah, we also have a lot of home games coming up after going on the road. So first of seven home games this season. Look at that. Yeah. Everybody's healthy. Now, I, I don't. My desk is wood. Knock on wood. Knock on everything. Hmm. Feel pretty good. Go shop at Home Field. Go get yourself a shirt. We need to talk to them. They've had. I don't know if you saw any of these boxes that they were doing for. A handful of programs. I want one so bad. (laughs) But. But I'm not buying like a was like pit or something like that. Illinois. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not committed to the bit. Homefield. Get me more of the sailor owl. And I'm in. That's all I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Roost. R O O S T. Get 20% off your first order. Get some comfy shirts to attend. Bring them with you to Rice Stadium when you uh, watch the bucket.
0: Yeah, uh, so we'll see you all next week. Check out the uh, Blue and Gray preview show that Matt will be on to uh, preview the Bayou Bucket this weekend. But we'll be uh, back breaking down that one next week. Thank you for uh, sticking with us as we start the season. But we'll see you all then. And Rice, fight. This show was edited and produced by Carter Spires. It features music from Joseph McDade.